right. Hello. Hi, Billy. This is Billy. Billy is one of the elders here at Christ Point. Uh, recently, we had an opportunity to head to the Middle East, and so we wanted to take a few minutes this morning and just share with you uh, the work that God did while we were away. And so, Billy, I'm going to ask you a few very direct questions. Okay. Uh, what did we do when we were in the Middle East? Uh, good question. Uh, we visited uh, the Marinos in Dubai. Um, David and Ruth Marino have been here uh, previously, uh, visited our church. David has spoken, um, and we spent time with them. Uh, we saw their church. We saw some baptisms, and uh, we participated in a, in a Bible study they did with some, uh, some people from Afghanistan. Um, Ruth is Iranian. Their goal is to ultimately move to Iran when they can, uh, if and when that opens up. And uh, we also got to go to the tallest building in the world, and we got to go to the biggest mall in the world. That's quite, uh, like, like in the same block. Um, Dubai, what did we say? Dubai is, I... I think I said Dubai is like South Park with money. With money, yeah. Yeah, that's South Park with money times 50. I mean, it, it goes for a while. It doesn't feel like, having been to the Middle East before, it doesn't feel like you're in the Middle East when you're in downtown Dubai. Um, you go outside of that uh, to where the ministry is happening, and it feels like the Middle East, and that was, that was good. So, uh, Why did you go? Um, well, that's not all we did. Do you want a long answer or a short answer? Because we also went to Jordan. Why don't you share a little bit about what took place in Jordan, and then I'll ask you why you okay. went. Jordan, uh, are you going to answer any questions? If I feel like it. Okay. Um, Jordan uh, was, I've been there, I think, three times before. It was my, uh, so we went back. Um, I enjoyed Dubai, but I really, really enjoyed uh, Jordan. Um, that's a special place. The people, uh, the ministry on the ground, um, they are specifically pursuing um, people with Muslim backgrounds. Um, and, yeah, I've got to be careful what I say. Um, you do. Too yeah. late. So, could, you, uh, could you put up the, the picture of Billy and his friends? Yeah, that's uh, Sahir to the left, um, Ziad to the right, who has spoken at Renaissance um, a number of years ago, and then Osama in the middle. Okay. Everybody needs an Osama in their life, okay? A he good, introduces himself as the good Osama. The good Osama. Um, I um, am in love with these people. Uh, what they do is hard. What they do is legit. Um, they're going after those that, that can't read, can't write, so they communicate the gospel in such a way as to allow them to know what they believe, why they believe it, and communicate it to others. That's serious stuff, and um, it's brilliant in a lot of ways. God is in it. Um, I'm struck by how um, I learned. I, 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 so, I mean, we think in America we've kind of got some things figured out. We don't. I mean, we have some things, but I learn way more there. They teach me way more than I've ever taught them. Um, and they're so humble about it. They really know what they're doing. Um, so I enjoyed Dubai. I enjoyed Marinos. When you go to Jordan, you get to do the ministry with them. 
Uh, you get to go with them as they into the community, into people's homes, um, to share the gospel, to do discipleship, and um, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, talk a little bit about your why. <coughs> talk a little bit about your why, and then maybe some of the lessons two two lessons, three lessons you learned when you were there. Why? Um, uh, good question. Um, I go why I went or why I go um, ultimately is because God has given me a desire to and I want to. Um, I think when we pray for God to cause what he wants to become what, what I want, at least in my experience, he answers that. Uh, I didn't used to want to go. When I was my son's age, I wasn't thinking about doing anything like that. When I was 30, I wasn't thinking about doing anything like that. Um, but I started praying for God, hey, I'll do whatever you want to do. Just let me enjoy it. That's all I want. Just let me want to do it. And he has answered that prayer. So ultimately, I go because I want to. Uh, <laughs> um, and we're also commanded to. And I can't believe that these people over there, the ministry of presence um, is legit. They, um, they really love it when we go, when we visit them. Sahir on that to the left said, we, we love meeting people. Uh, we love everyone that's here, but we start remembering your name when you come back. Uh, and when you come back again, the, the, they, they just really love that. And uh, so it's just amazing how God uses people to rescue our brothers and sisters. He uses people. You know, you don't you don't have to be overly qualified. You don't have to go to seminary. Um, just kind of showing up and saying, "Okay, tell me where to go, what to do, and I'll do it." Um, and it's uh, God takes over. Did I answer your question? You did. Yeah. Share. I mean, anything else in terms of your takeaways? I mean, we've had a, a week, a little over a week to process now. I think we're getting to the point now where we know what time zone we're in, mm -hmm. and so you know, share you know, one or two things that God taught you while you were there? <coughs> a few things. One is that um, the people there really are good at what they do. They factor in the cultural norms. They factor in the lay of the land there. There's a, a totally different culture there, honor, shame um, uh, over there. And so how they communicate the gospel, how they visit the, what you do, um, there, there are certain approaches that they have, and they really know what they're doing. And so um, being immersed in that uh, is always something that, that I grow from. Um, the other thing is that uh, if you are an MBB, M background believer, um, and you turn to, you become a Jesus follower, it costs you a lot. It costs a lot, um, usually by those closest to you. We met a gentleman who has a scar on his head because his brother hired someone to kill him for questioning uh, some things about his faith and mentioning Jesus specifically. He wasn't even a believer yet, <laughs> but he was questioning. He was asking questions he wasn't supposed to ask, and that can shame a family, and that's got to be stopped. That's got to be fixed. And so they came after him. Um, you, you you only have to hear a handful of you know one or two of those stories before you go this this is this is way more than just checking a box 
and I and I've also also learned a takeaway was that um, I think some numbers in the Middle East have been exaggerated uh, about the number of MBVs that have been converted, but it is really happening. It's really happening. Um, the work is hard, but it's really good, and God is on the move. Um, we got to go to a service in Jordan with um, about 80 MBBs there, um, and it cost them something to, it's risky for them to show up at church. Um, it's just risky. And uh, it's not necessarily the government coming after them, it's those closest to you. So it's like you're trying to keep a secret of your faith to those that live in your house. Um, and, and that's not easy to do, especially when the evidence of you finding Jesus is simply that you stop hitting your spouse or you stop raging or you, you just stop being angry all the time. Um, and people start to notice you're different and what's different about you. And, and it, it, get, it get, can get just muddy really quick. And so I love being a part of that in some small way. Yeah, I think for me, you know, trips like this, it's, it's difficult to process. Uh, I'm sure a year from now, I'll still be thinking about it, uh, thinking about the work that God has done. But there's a, a couple things that stood out. One was uh, we were in the house of a Syrian refugee. Uh, we delivered a couple bags of food, and then we would share the gospel uh, with you know, with the person in their living room. And <clears throat> I found on multiple occasions, two different times when we talked to individuals um, after sharing the gospel, they would <coughs> talk about Jesus, that Jesus was a great prophet. They don't believe that Jesus was God's son. And, and they would say things like, we believe in Jesus. We just believe that Jesus was a great prophet. Um, your faith teaches that there are three gods. And so they don't, you know, they don't believe the, the Trinity. And they would say that your book is corrupted. And so I've you know, I found myself in a living room a couple times having conversations about the person and work of Jesus, the Trinity, and the reliability of Scripture. I'm thinking to myself uh, a couple things. Like one, I'm rifling through my seminary notes in the back of my head trying to go, I think I took Trinitarianism once 20 years ago. Um, I, I just was blown away as I was having these conversations thinking that unless the Lord opens someone's eyes, to the beauty of Jesus, they do not see. And, and we're not gonna, we don't argue anyone into the kingdom. We just, we just don't. It, it, doesn't, it does not mean that there aren't times where we share scripture and use logic and all those other, but like a re, rebirth, new birth is a miracle. It's a miracle. If you are a follower of Jesus, it's because the God of the universe opened your eyes to the beauty of Jesus. So, like, praise him. Uh, second thing that I was blown away by was how uh, God uses uh, seemingly very ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Um, I may have mentioned this before, but I'm a fan of the University of Michigan. A, uh, yeah, I know. L listen, mixed response. I get it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Billy. My mother is cringing right now. I know she's watching online, and she's like, why do you talk about sports? But I thought about this yesterday. I don't know if you were watching the Michigan-Illinois game. But uh, Michigan was losing. They were undefeated at the time. They had lost their best running back, Blake Corum, who a lot of people say could win the Heisman this year. He's a stud. And he went down at the end of the, the first half, messed up his knee, came out for one play, and sat the rest of the game. Their second-string running back, Donovan Edwards, was also out. He didn't play at all. 
And they, they had someone who I think on the depth chart is fourth or fifth, uh, Isaiah Gash. Have you heard of him? Of course you haven't. You don't know who he is. The only people who know who he is are his parents and the diamonds. <laughs> True story. Right, there's this play at the end of the game. Michigan's driving. They're down by, I don't know, at the time, I think it was four or five points. And uh, it's third down. It's like third and four or five or something like that. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for Michigan, hiked the ball. And Isaiah Gash is running this crossing pattern. And he is wide open. He's wide open. Do you know why he's wide open? Because he has caught this year zero passes. And that was evident because the ball hit him in his hands and he dropped it. Michigan ended up kicking a field goal. They stopped Illinois. They got the ball back. They're driving to try to get in field goal position to win the game. It's fourth and three. And they're at like the 40, 45-yard line. They need 15, 20 yards to get in field goal position. And so J.J. McCarthy drops back. And you'll never guess who was open to his left. There's, bless his heart, Isaiah Gash running his little pass pattern, and McCarthy sees him and throws the ball. And you may have heard yesterday around 3.30 someone yell, No! That was me. Because up until that point, he had zero catches all year. And you'll never guess what happened. He caught it. He caught the ball. You know, sometimes when we think about the Christian faith, when we think about church, when we think about Jesus' followers, we celebrate the Blake Quorums of the world. We celebrate the stars, the guys that are clearly a cut above the rest. They just stand out. But time and time again, uh, God calls the number of the Isaiah Gashes of the world to not only go in the game but to participate in the game. Not only to participate in the game, but to be a difference maker. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, you are in the game and you are a difference maker. Third thing I thought as we were flying back, I looked up on the little screen in the, in the airplane and I read these places that I had never heard of in my life. I mean, literally never have I heard of them in my life. I couldn't spell them if you asked me to. And I was, on one hand, so grateful for the opportunity to get into a plane and to fly 13, 14, 15 hours to other places in the world to see what, was God, what God was doing. Um, and I was really challenged by the fact um, that the world has come to us. And so if you live in Charlotte or Concord or Kannapolis, um, the mission field is right next door. And God allows us to be a part of the good work that he is doing. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, Billy's going to pray for us if you don't have any other final thoughts. And then we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'll pray. Um, Jesus, we thank you for um, your gospel. We thank you for your church. We thank you for what you're doing in the world um, and what you're doing across the street and what you're doing here. Uh, we just pray that you would allow us to see what you want us to see and, and uh, respond how you want us to respond. Give us courage, give us strength, give us humility. Uh, bring us to our knees to, to beg you to fill us and cause what you want to be what we want. Uh, and then rejoice in that. 
Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Billy. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 16. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16 tells of a time when David took the ark of God and put it into a tent that he had pitched. Uh, He offers sacrifices to the Lord, uh, peace offering to God, a burnt offering uh, to God. He feeds the people a meal, uh, and then he puts together a worship band. Like, no joke, this really does happen. So the ark of God has been placed in a tent. Uh, Offerings are made, dinner is served, and a worship band is formed. Uh, And this is the song that Asaph and his brothers uh, sing. It's recorded in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Verse 15, remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number of little account and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to, uh, to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let our sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to forget. All too often, my life is not marked by gratitude or thanksgiving. I think there are probably a few reasons for this. The first is simply forgetfulness. I have a tendency to forget. I forget about the good work that God has done. I forget about the work that he is doing. It comes as no surprise that Scripture time and time and time again calls us as a people to remember Admittedly, another reason that I am not always grateful is that I can suffer from spiritual uh, short-sightedness. I don't see, uh, my perspective is myopic, I don't see what God is doing, or I see maybe in part, uh, but not the whole. And oftentimes I uh, can lack categories for the work that God is doing or if I were being, being honest, uh, I would wish or hope that he would occasionally do things a little differently than he does. Uh, which, uh, quite honestly, is the true mark of pride. Uh, sometimes I'm not grateful because of pride in my own heart. I think I know what is best. I think there are certain things that I actually deserve. And I can be disappointed when God uh, isn't doing more because I think that I deserve more. Or I or we can be disappointed in what God is doing because we might do things a little differently if we were in charge. And so the words here in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 is an assault on a heart that is not grateful, a heart that is not full of gratitude. Did you notice as we read First Chronicles chapter 16, um, all of the imperatives, all of the things that God's word charges us and calls us to do? We are told to give thanks. We give thanks because all that we have is from God and for God. It's for his good and it's from his sovereign hand. Every breath uh, every beating of your heart and mine, your ability to think or to speak, to see or to taste, to laugh, to cry, to feel, to touch, to be loved or uh, to love, it is all, it is all a gift from God. So give him thanks. Scripture says, call upon his name, the God of the universe invites you uh, to call on the name of God, the God of the universe. The God of the universe can be found. Right? He, he delights in hearing from his kids. You can go before him regardless of where you are in life and just simply say, hey God, it's me again. And he listens. God does not play a game of cosmic hide-and-go-seek with his kids. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds, tell of his wondrous works, think about what God has done in your life. God has worked in your life. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, Scripture teaches us that there was a time when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. You know what spiritually dead people do? They do nothing. They do nothing. And God breathed spiritual life into us. 
And so tell someone, make known his deeds, sing to him, worship in song, lift your voice, no matter how good or how bad your voice is, your voice is a welcome sound in the halls of heaven. Angels are not cringing when you sing Silent Night. Your children may be laughing, but the angels are not cringing. A God delights in hearing his kids sing glory in his name. God's name is glorious. God is glorious. God's glory is seen in creation. God's glory is seen in you. And God's glory is seen in himself. Glory in his name. Seek the Lord. Pursue God early in the morning, late at night, throughout the course of your day. Like seek the Lord. Abide in him. Wake up in the morning and open up his word and say, God, would you speak to me? Before your head hits the pillow at night, open up his word and say, God, I am listening. Speak to me. As you drive in your car, as you sit down to enjoy a meal, as you hang out with family and friends, cry out uh, to God, seek him and he will be found. Remember what he has done. Remember uh, what he has done. Write it down, journal it, talk about it, set reminders on your phone. When you see God move and act, like have little reminders in your heart and in your life so you will not forget. Be like the little three or four-year-old boy that shows up for preschool with a little bow tied around his finger little bow of yarn, so he doesn't forget the very thing that he's supposed to ask about. If that's what it takes, uh, that's what it takes. But remember the work that God has done. Tell of his salvation. God has rescued you. Uh, He has rescued me when we were far from him, when we didn't want anything to do with him, when we were uninterested in God or the things of God. God opened our eyes and made us alive. So tell people of his salvation. I know, know the gospel, grow to love the gospel, and share the gospel. Tell people of God's salvation. Ascribe to the Lord, give God glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord, live for God, sing to God, obey God, walk with God, die to self for God, worship God. That is where true and lasting joy is found. One of the things that I love about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't simply tell us what we ought to do or what we should do. Uh, The Bible tells us why. And this is very important because I think for many of us, we want to know why. Remember when you were a little kid and you started asking your parents why? Like, why? 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 And eventually you irritated your parents so much that they just simply said, because I said so. Just do it. Do you know that God doesn't do that with his kids? He doesn't only tell us what to do, he tells us why we should do it. Why does God call us to live this sort of way? Why does God uh, call us to be thankful, to make his deeds known, to sing to him, to worship him, to glory in his name, to seek him in his temple, to tell of his salvation, to ascribe to the Lord who he is. Why? Well, uh, we are told why. For God is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but God made the heavens. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love 
endures forever. Why do we give thanks? Why do we worship the Lord? Um, Because God is great. He is great. He is greatly to be praised. Uh, He is the only one who truly satisfies. God made the world. He is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Um, Scripture calls us, calls you and me, to not only be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And I know the way that this is typically set up uh, with me standing up here with a microphone. Um, Things have a tendency to be rather one-sided. Um, And I don't want them to be one-sided this morning. And so I want us to practice this. I want us to live this out. And I want us just to spend a time as a church family uh, giving thanks to God uh, for who he is and what he has done. Um, I know there's a certain level of danger in this when you hand people microphones. I'm willing to take the risk. And so we have a couple microphones this morning that we can pass around Um, And I just want to encourage you, church family, as you think about uh, the Lord, um, is there anything here this morning that comes to mind where you could give God thanks uh, for who he is or for the good work that he has done? If there's something that you want to share, um, just reach your hand high up in the air and Billy and I believe Brandon have microphones and you can share and give God thanks. And so who wants to be the courageous one? Hey, James. Uh, I think I first off want to just give praise to God for extending our time here at the barn. Um, I know that was a really great message uh, that we got this past week. So um, that definitely is. I I know it's one of those things that wherever God puts us, you know, it's nobody likes change, you know, and that's always difficult. And I think just from the past year that we've had and all the challenges that have gone on, um, that was some relieving news, I'd say. Amen. Yeah, if you didn't read uh, Christ Point News, you should. But uh, we, also, we also shared this week, as Patrick mentioned, that uh, as, as far as we know, we're putting some, some final details on a contract that will allow us to stay here uh, at the barn. We haven't crossed the finish line quite yet, but they're... Uh, lawyers are working on some of the details, and uh, it, it looks like we will be able to stay for the foreseeable future. So that was a huge praise, huge praise. Anyone else? Can I give them the mic or no? Am I Can you give Phil the mic? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I trust I'll give, I'll give it. I'll give it back. Um, yeah, I, I, I praise God. I praise God for just all of you, um, how he's brought you all here in a season. Um, some of you've been here for a while, some just a few weeks. Right. And so, but it's really beautiful to see how God brings the right people in the right time and how everyone joyfully serves and how God has grown the different ministries here. You see new people serving, uh, not because they have to, because they get to like on worship team and kids and students. Uh, and all over. And so um, it's really neat to see what God is doing and how he continues to move the heart of you all. So we love you. Thanks, Phil. George. Yeah. <laughs> I praise the Lord for our church family. Um, I remember when I started coming in 2008, I was a little frustrated and angry at God because my wife and I, we couldn't have kids. 
And I wasn't used to a church like this because I came from a Catholic church. I wasn't used to serving or being at the front. But I felt God wanted me to do that, and at first it was an obligation. But after time, you know, serving God, it's interesting how God changes your heart. Now everyone that comes here, whether it's the first time or you've been here for a while, you're like family to me. When I hug you and smile, it's because I love you, um, and I really, um, even if it's just for today, I enjoy the time that we spend together. So I'm very grateful, and I'm very grateful for my wife. Uh, we've been 26 years. Mm -hmm. It's been challenging, but not because of my wife. It's just all the twists and turns, you know, in life. But God, over time, you know, made our marriage stronger and our love stronger. And I love my wife more today than when I met her. You know, and that says a lot after 26 years, especially in the world we live in. So, um, and I praise James for being faithful and you know, doing everything he does, because I know it's not easy to be a pastor, and, you know, he's, he's been committed to our church and our family through all the twists and turns, you know, so thank you for all of you. Thanks, brother. Hey, I am so grateful for our church, when we moved here, we wanted community, and we went to several different churches, and it took about four years for us to find Christ Point. And when we came, we knew very first Sunday that this church had community. And so I am grateful now in this season for the women of Christ Point, for the ministry that the women have here. And if you are hungry for community, that is something to step into. Um, we don't have family here, and so the women of this church are family. That wasn't planned. Um, and so uh, love the men too, but closer to the women. And um, <laughs> so we as women are wired for community. We need one another. We just, we need that. And so I'm just so abundantly grateful for the way God shows up and uses, um, uses us to grow towards him through relationship. So. Thanks, Misty. Judy. Hey, Brandon. Well, I'm especially thankful for marriage. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful that God planned marriage to be husband and wife like Christ and the church. And I'm thankful that he puts us in families and that we are a family as a church. I'm just so grateful, and I love you each one. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Hi, I'm Shante, and way back here. Um, I am so thankful to be a part of this church. Um, I prayed for about five years that we would be able to come here. And um, I, I just can't believe that we're here, that it's actually happened. We were at our former church for a really long time. And um, it just, it's amazing to me how it all worked out with us moving next door to Alan Wendy. And um, I prayed and prayed that my husband would develop a relationship with Al, and that has happened. Um, Al's been just a great mentor to my husband. And um, I'm also friends with, with Becky, and I told Becky um, that 
we were talking about serving and I said, I just want you to know that my husband will never serve here. And, um, you know, he's just not going to happen. He's not going to be on a serving team. And here he is on the security team. And I'm just amazed. I'm so thankful. So it's been a little tough on the, on the boys, men. Um, you know, we were at our church for a long time. And so it's been a transition. But um, they're very happy here, too. So I'm just really thankful to be here. Amen. It's great to have you, Shante. Thank you. Somebody over here needs to say something. No pressure. You want to say? Okay. Um, I'm not going to stand up because that's not my style, but Tanner and I have been engaged since May, and in that time he was away in British Columbia for three months, and we couldn't talk, and it was like not how I pictured that looking. Um, I always just assumed when you get engaged, you know, you, you're together all the time, and it's that's not what it looked like for us. Um, and then we experienced a really unexpected, um, devastating loss in my family, and we're getting married next month. Um, my dad won't be there. so many people have showed up and it's been one of the hardest few months of my life and I'm sure your life too um, but it's given us so many opportunities to seek the Lord together and to start our marriage just at the foot of the cross begging for comfort and as hard as it's been I'm so grateful um, that this is the posture that we're starting out with. Um, and just in the darkest days, the Lord has just provided um, friendship and beauty and just things that we never would have expected. So um, it's it's hard to, to find gratitude in the things that have happened, but it's there. And He's just been so good through it all in days that I never thought that I would say, this is so good, um, but it still is. And just I'm just grateful that we're able to, to see that um, no matter what and just to not question the Lord's goodness and faithfulness because it's there. And um, it, not everything is ours to know, so... Since I have a microphone, I'll say something. I'm grateful for um, <clears throat> Anne-Marie, my wife. I am married, for those of you that only see me outside, um, usually Anne-Marie and my awesome son, Gavin, and daughter, Ava. Um, I'm so grateful for this church that believes strongly in, in pointing people to Jesus and getting out of the way. And... Um, Part of that is through strategic partnerships and working and serving alongside and investing in missionaries and people that do what they do really, really well. 
Um, and I'm just grateful for that. And I'm grateful that, um, that this church is so generous and that we get to participate in kingdom work in a way that brings, um, that brings fruit and brings joy. So it's a, a really, really awesome part that I get to play a part in and see, and um, you guys can too. So, Thanks, Billy. Um, I'm grateful for uh, the work of God in Jesus. I'm grateful for uh, the resurrection that gives us hope and life. Uh, I am uh, grateful for the sure promises of God. I'm grateful for this church family. Uh, it's been 15, almost 15 years. And uh, occasionally I, I ex- have these experiences where I just kind of sit back and go, Lord, thank you so much uh, for the joy and the privilege of, of being a pastor here uh, during that time. Uh, I felt that a few weeks ago at our fall festival. Everyone was kind of running around. I just looked outside at the kids playing and, and people sitting down eating and just rubbing shoulders with each other. And uh, and I was like, Lord, thank you so much for this place. Uh, I thought about that last week as we kind of cleared out uh, all of the chairs and, uh, and put together 1,260 shoeboxes uh, for Operation Christmas Child, just the opportunity to serve in that, in that way. I was like, Lord, thank you so much for uh, this place. So uh, God is great, and his name is, is greatly to be praised. And so I'm going to pray for us, give him thanks. Uh, for the good work that he's done and that he's doing. Would you pray with me? God, we give you thanks so much for, uh, for who you are. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us, that you have invited us uh, to be a part of what you're doing, both here and around the world. Uh, Lord, thank you that you meet us where we are, uh, that uh, you love us just the way that you are, but you love us enough to not let us uh, stay that way. You're in the business of changing people uh, for all of eternity. And so I pray that you would give us humble hearts. I pray that you would uh, do a good work in us, that you may form and shape us more and more into the image of your son, Jesus. God, I give you thanks for the Christ Point family. Thank you so much for uh, the men, for the women, for the boys, for the girls, for our students uh, that love you and that walk with you. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us the joy and privilege of being the family of God. Uh, We're an imperfect bunch uh, chasing after a perfect God. And uh, what a joy and privilege that is. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much that you loved us first. We commit these things to you and pray them in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.